Hello, I'm Billy Shore. Welcome back to Add Passion and Stir. We are so grateful for our partnership with General Mills and the amazing support they have shown us over the years, especially during the COVID-19 pandemic. Last year, General Mills donated over $2 million to support our relief and recovery efforts. We're so appreciative of the strong partnership we've had since 2016 and for their continued support. Today, we bring you the third episode in a mini-series where we're revisiting conversations we had with chefs in the early, disorienting days of the pandemic. The shutdowns caused by the pandemic were devastating to the restaurant industry. Millions were out of work, and billions in revenue was lost. Almost overnight, the industry had to reinvent the way it supported the livelihood of its employees and suppliers, not to mention how it served customers. In spite of this, across our conversations, we kept hearing a story of resilience and a shared question, how can I be of service to those in need? Today, with nearly 50% of the U.S. population vaccinated and increased federal support for the industry, restaurants nationwide are welcoming back diners. But what does reopening look like and how has COVID permanently changed the industry? Today, we return to a conversation we had with Amanda Cohen, the chef and owner of New York City restaurant Dirt Candy. Amanda's a James Beard-nominated chef and one of the Iron Chefs on Iron Chef Canada. She's also a board member and treasurer of Women Chefs and Restaurateurs. When we spoke with Amanda in April 2020, the shutdown in New York City was only weeks old. Well before the pandemic, Amanda Cohen was an outspoken advocate for fair restaurant industry practices. In fact, She was a leader in eliminating tipping at her restaurant. Dirt Candy offers a starting hourly wage of $25 an hour, as well as paid time off, paid sick leave, and beyond what's mandated by law, health insurance, and continuing education. I know it's hard to make restaurants work at any time economically, and now with COVID-19, it's it's essentially impossible. But what what was it like before COVID-19? How were you able to make Dirt Candy work? With a lot of hard work. So um, I'm pretty open and honest about how restaurants work. And, uh, you know, it's, it was a struggle every day. When we, I had had a much smaller restaurant that was also Dirt Candy. We call it, in my mind, and I, I call it Little Candy. And so my new restaurant, which is still called Dirt Candy, but I refer to it often as Big Candy uh, because the size difference was so great. My first one was 350 square feet. And now the bigger one is 2,500 square feet. So huge difference, although still not that big of a restaurant. And when we opened Big Candy, the we, we started off with no tipping. It was something I felt really passionate about that I wanted to pay all my workers a fair wage. And I do really, really didn't want to rely on tipping to pay my servers. You were ahead of Danny Meyer on this, it sounds like. Yeah, I was by about uh, maybe six months or so a year. Okay. okay. Although it had, I think everybody had been sort of mulling it over for a while. You know, the margins start getting much, much smaller in a, in a business that already has very small margins. Our payroll is incredibly high and uh, it's not in any way, which is a little bit different than some of the other systems people have. It's not tied into our profits, uh, no matter how well we're doing or poorly our servers make the same amount of money. It's just expensive. We have a huge payroll. It's New York City. My rent is actually high, but not as high as I suppose it could be. Insurance, when you're not, when you have, when you have a no tipping restaurant, your insurance is actually much higher than it would have been because now you're insured on top of your 
server's full salary. Wow, that's so interesting. That's probably not something anybody appreciates or thinks of without it being explained the way you just did. Right. And so that's one of these reasons where people are, were often, but there was a sort of a movement for a while and people were like, oh, why isn't a straight 20% that I'm now paying extra or that sort of rolled into the bill? And the truth is it's, it's not, your expenses go way up. Uh, and then your payroll taxes go up because again, you're taxed now on top of a full salary and not on top. And before you weren't really tipped uh, taxed on top of your tips. So there's all these little things that start adding into it. It's not an easy uh, business to be in in general, even if you just run a restaurant and it's incredibly hard uh, if you uh, don't have tipping. In March, 2020, Amanda wrote a powerful New York Times op-ed where she observed that if restaurant workers need charity so badly right now, maybe the restaurant owners hadn't been operating right in the first place. She argued that the shutdown revealed that the only moral choice for the industry was to provide a better safety net for its workers. And she gave voice to something beyond the immediate crisis brought on by the pandemic and demanded that the industry consider how the crisis could help lead to meaningful change. I'm devastated. And I'm devastated that I've participated in this industry and willingly. Um, We have known for years in this industry that we don't charge enough for the food we sell in restaurants. And let me be very clear about this. I Food is, is a right, but eating out in a restaurant is a privilege. And that's two very different things. Um, and well, as I've talked about, we have very, very small margins in restaurants. And, and we've all accepted this as this is okay. And because we've accepted that, we haven't been able to pay our workers enough. I don't really pay myself through the restaurant. So I, I don't make a living off of dirt candy. And um, although you don't often hear restaurateurs say that. I have talked to a number of chefs and restaurateurs who have said, I don't have a restaurant to make money. I make money so that I can have a restaurant because that's what I love to do. Yeah, exactly. I definitely, I take outside jobs so my staff can have jobs. And I think this is something that a lot of people actually don't talk about. A lot of chefs don't talk about, but I am certainly not alone in it. We, we've kept our costs so low. And because of that, we can't offer our employees health insurance, or we can't offer them the opportunity to have savings unless they have two or three jobs at once, particularly in New York, where rent is so expensive. Um, And I just feel that as an industry right now, if we reopen the same way as we closed, we will have literally learned nothing. Uh, We have to walk back into this industry with changes. We have to start charging more. And, And maybe it does mean we don't have as many restaurants. I don't know. And I don't wish any restaurant to close. And maybe we have to accept that if we do reopen, we're not. I, I'm not going to do 100 people a night anymore. Uh, I'll do 75, and maybe I'll have a little bit less staff, but I can pay my staff more, and somehow we can we can work this out. But opening back up and knowing that something like this could happen again, and I'm going to have to, or I, other restaurants, and maybe myself at some point, will have to turn to my customers and say, "Hey, can you now support?" my restaurant by this GoFundMe. It just doesn't make any sense. We're so broken. Hello, Ad Passion and Stir listeners. It's Billy Shore here. I'm coming to you today to ask for a favor. Share Our Strength launched Ad Passion and Stir in 2016 to promote conversations about food, justice, and society. And over more than 200 episodes, I've had the privilege of talking to some amazing people like Jeff Bridges, Pink, Anthony Anderson, Carol King, Ariana Huffington, and we've also talked to many of the most amazing chefs in this country. Daniel Hume, Mary Sue Milliken, Tanya Holland, Douglas Williams, and countless more. 
We're working on some exciting changes now to add passion and stir, and we want to hear from you about what you love about the podcast, what you want more of, and what you might change. You can find the survey at addpassionandstir.com. Just click the podcast survey button at the top of the page. Please share your feedback and thank you for helping to make this podcast great. Now let's get back to the episode. Amanda is also active with the Independent Restaurant Coalition, a group that lobbied for pandemic relief for restaurants. The Biden administration's American Rescue Plan Act established the Restaurant Revitalization Fund to provide funding to help restaurants and other eligible businesses keep their doors open. The fund began taking applications in April of 2021. There is a sense that there's only so much that the market can bear. Do you feel that there's more flexibility there if you're willing to make some accommodations like you've described, perhaps a smaller restaurant with better paid staff? How? What gives you the confidence you could pull that off? I don't have the confidence, but I know that I can't reopen the same way that I closed. I just no. know it's it's too devastating to look at my staff and say, I might have to put you on unemployment again one day and you won't have any savings and you're going to be terrified. And I think it is true. The market thinks it can't bear it, but I also think the market doesn't want to bear it. Hmm. It's sort of a big difference. Um, you know, if people, if I could, my my big tasting menu at Dirt Candy is $100. And, and I'm sort of in a unique position there because I sell vegetables. And in general, people don't actually want to spend a lot of money on vegetables. But if I could raise it to $125, which, yes, $25 is a lot of money. And I know it's hard-earned money. And I'm so grateful people come and spend their money at the restaurant. But, you know, $25 more on that on that meal, which maybe means that you don't go out for lunch that day, you know, you bring your lunch for home, would mean the world to my staff. I could pay for health insurance for everybody on my staff, or I can at least partially pay for it, and they could pay into it as well. And it's really... For me, it's about changing the way consumers think about food and think about how expensive it is and what they want to pay for it. Because there is something ridiculous that you go and eat in a restaurant. I can't put a percentage on it, but I'm sure lots of people who come to eat at Dirt Candy have health insurance and have savings. And by their unwillingness to pay more at the restaurant, they're saying that the people who work there aren't worthy of those same things. That's not a system I can participate in. Do you get pushback from others in the industry? Do you get support or to what degree are you a lone voice here or are you developing allies? I think I have admirers. I'm not sure if I have allies. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I think I point out some truths that we all recognize, but it's really hard to it's hard to embrace them. And I get that. And, you know, we had this, again, going back to the the tipping movement, we had a no tipping movement for a while in the city and it's very hard to stick with it. And people learned so much about it. And, but people tried, they wanted to, but when the economic realities uh, came to light for them, it was just, it was just too much. And I think uh, they appreciated it, <laughs> but it, it was too hard to stick with. And, and I, I feel like that's still happening a little bit right now. And, I, and I'm speaking with a lot of chefs and I'm on a lot of chef calls. One of the things that's happening in the CARES Act is that that it, it's going to cover your payroll. If you accept the, the loan, it'll cover part of your payroll. This is the last package that Congress passed, is it? Yeah, right? but part of the problem is that it still doesn't cover tipped employees. It doesn't cover tips because tips aren't considered part of payroll. And so we're still in this whole mess. And I sit on these calls and I just think to myself, ah, why can't we just all agree that we get rid of tipping? And then, I mean, obviously we can't retroactively get rid of it. We don't have to be in this system anymore. There are other ways out of it. This point, and this will be the same for every restaurateur out there and chef, we're not opening a restaurant that was just closed for a week. We're, we're opening new restaurants. 
And it's an incredible amount of work. Amanda Cohen really wanted to take her time and get everything right before reopening again. She kept Dirk Candy closed through both phase one and phase two reopenings and just reopened in July. Cohen and her team revamped the menu, implemented new pay rates and benefits, and fundamentally changed the dynamic between staff and management. Amanda Cohen acknowledges it's a learning experience, but one she's excited to be on because of her commitment to making Dirk Candy a better place for customers, and more importantly, a better place for employees. To learn more about Dirt Candy, visit www.dirtcandynyc.com. And to learn more about the Independent Restaurant Coalition and the Restaurant Revitalization Fund, visit www.saverestaurants.com. And for our full conversation with Amanda Cohen and other Ad Passion and Stir episodes, visit shareourstrength.org slash podcasts. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Billy Shore.